She made one bad decision at 19! Two bad decisions! Hi everybody, welcome back to Two Bad Decisions. I'm Lore. And I'm Han. And today we're, you know, we're not shit posting today. We're getting a little serious. <laughs> we're talking about um, the culture shock that we experienced when we moved from our very sheltered towns in California and Ohio to New York. And yeah, getting a little bit more serious. Nothing too crazy, but um, we did want to check in first. So Lore, how are you? I'm doing swell, Han. I have, <laughs> sh- <laughs> I have short blue hair right now. Um, I didn't want it to be blue. Uh, let me just say real quick, don't buy good dye young. I'm sorry if this starts our ad revenue that we don't have. <laughs> <laughs> if we don't get future sponsors because of this. <laughs> because of this one. It's on me, guys. It's my fault. But I bought purple dye, like medium purple, and it turned my hair dark blue. So I don't know what happened. And I checked Oof. the other dye box too. And it also was dark blue because I thought maybe they just put like the wrong dye in the wrong mm-hmm. container. Uh, no, it's it's blue. It says it's purple. It's not. So don't buy good dye young. Sorry. <laughs> it, it doesn't, it definitely doesn't look bad, but I do get that like it's not what you wanted. So <laughs> not even clo- like for application, it's amazing. Like it works very well uh, for color match. You're kind of just going to get something and have to be okay with it. So if your goal <laughs> is just to dye your hair any color, this is the right dye for you. You know what I sound like? You know when I, on iCarly, they had that episode where they had those shoes that would, like, catch on fire. And they were trying to <laughs> – they were under contract to say, like, something good about it. Yeah. And oh, my God. Were, they were like, it's perfect for, like, roasting hot dogs. Yeah. I also did think that someone broke into my house last night. Because my brother wasn't home and I could hear like someone was on his bed or something. And then like the handle, he always plays with this handle on his dresser or nightstand or whatever. It really annoys me and I could hear someone moving it. And my dad doesn't believe me. No one else believes me. But I swear to God, someone was in that room. So I'm I'm, I'm doing weird right now. Very weird energy. I slept with scissors. (laughs) (laughs) How are you, (laughs) Han? How are you doing? (laughs) I'm okay. I'm kind of spacey Sorry, right now. Nice coffee. Continue. Okay. <laughs> I didn't hear that, but <laughs> Okay. So I'm okay. I don't know. Things have been kind of funky, but I did. Mm-hmm. I had my first ever dream. I feel like I'm. Wait, what? I'm. I'm Your so, first no, ever wait, dream. No, wait, no, no. My first ever dream where I woke up crying from it. Oh, okay. It's never uh-huh. happened. It's like it's like not that serious, but like it oh. was serious in the moment. So I feel like I'm just boring. So I have to tell like interesting stories. Like the only <laughs> things that I'm doing that are interesting are like in my in my dream state. But anyways, I had a dream that I was at a party and this woman was giving out fish, like pet fish, mm-hmm. and. I, I do this thing if I don't want to be around, I just go, I take a nap, like, <laughs> to, like, past time. <laughs> like, I've done that definitely, like, in public where I'm, like, I don't feel like being here, so I just go, to, I just nap. And then, so I'm doing that on a table, and then I guess I wake up, and this woman left me a fish, and it was a tiny little fish in a ginormous tank, except I had been moved to my bed, and then this tank was near my ceiling, like, the way that they, they, like, they fixed it up on the ceiling, but it was just so high up. And I was like, you know, like the fish can't be up there. It might fall, you know? So I take it down. Yeah. And at first I'm like, I, I can't care for this fish. Like I can't, like this is too much work. But then of course I fall in love with, fall in love with said fish. And so mm-hmm. I take him down to my kitchen and I think my mom, my mom comes and she's like there with me in the kitchen and the, um, the fish at one point he jumps out of his tank and he like starts like flopping around all the way around like all all over the floor and I'm chasing Ooh. after him yeah and I'm like I'm like mom like and she's like what can I do what can I do to help and I'm like get some get like a cup of water because the tank was too heavy to bring over and he needs to get back in water so she brings mm-hmm. over like a mug and I put him in and she gave me boiling hot water <laughs> like 
boiling hot water like, for tea or something and killed my fish. Killed it. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, it's floating because it fucking died. <laughs> I'm sorry. I swore I got mad. <laughs> but like, she killed my fish and I was so upset. I was so mad at her. And like, but I was like trying to restrain myself because she was just trying to help me. And it was like in the moment and she gave me hot water, but didn't mean right. to. And I was trying to like not get so pissed at her. And I started, right. like, ang- I started angry crying and, like, oh. I was, like, hitting things because I was so upset. I was, like, the fish, like, didn't deserve to die. And I woke up crying. Like, actually oh. crying. That's so I was, like, sad. so mad. Oh, my but, God. Yeah, that's never happened I had a fish before. that that fell on the floor once, but we saved it. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. I wanted I named it Bubbles. It lived for a month. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I think I had a real- fish at one point. Really? We Actually, had about five total. Whoa, like four of them yeah. lived together at once. <gasps> wow. We each got a fish and I got purposely got like the biggest one and named it Donut, which is kind of problematic. And like, <laughs> <laughs> like I just I really wanted a big it, it reminded me because it was like perfectly like circular. Like its belly. It was so wow. I love donut, but I did change its name to Bo at one point. I, I don't know. But... Oh. I actually don't think I had a fish. Maybe I just fabricated that. I have no idea. <laughs> I have like really poor memory of my childhood. I also think I forgot to mention that I chopped off like oh, most yeah, yeah. of my hair. It's short now. It's on my floor right now. <laughs> Why did you clean it up? up? That last <laughs> night. <laughs> well, it's on oh, a okay. towel. Like... Why am I just like, oh, okay. <laughs> but it's. <laughs> it's just like it's like sitting She's there just you know just curly things, things when you keep your hair <laughs> so <laughs> i dyed my hair blue cut it off because i hated it and the bleach ruined it and then thought someone broke into my house and just chilled in my brother's room all in one night and then slept with scissors so i was night. wow okay so before we get into our our culture shock experiences we wanted to give some background on like the environments that we grew up in. So, Lore, what what was it like in your town growing up? So I live in like like northeastern Ohio in a very, very small town. And like there's nothing really notable about us except for the fact that we have two gigantic like power plants. And like <laughs> that's really it. And I like to lie to people and say like I had to take pills growing up before I went to school. Uh, we also had like <laughs> what? <laughs> I like to lie to strangers and be like, yeah, like, since I grew up near the power plant, like, we had to take pills every day. Um, I knew someone who used to lie and say, like, our, our, like, stomachs would glow in the dark. Not a lot of people believe that, but someone. And we also, funnily enough, had a nuclear, like, explosion evacuation plan. Um, We'd all be dead, so I don't know why we had that. Uh, if it exploded, we'd be gone. Like, our school was right next to it, which is why we had, like, so much money. Oh, my is God. because the power plant had to pay us. <laughs> oh, wait, wait, wait. What side story? One time, my high school had a bomb threat. So did mine. It's well, not funny. It's not couple. funny, but, like. <laughs> we had a couple, but they, like, didn't evacuate us for, like, two of them. Oh, my God. We evacuated. It was a whole thing. Yeah, Anyways. we evacuated one time. And then uh, <laughs> the rest of the time, they just kind of kept us there. I don't know how they decided which takes well, Damn, we really live the same life, huh? Like, yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like most schools, right? They probably had like a, an event. Am I just crazy or is this no, American I public school? I think it's just the American public school system. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I remember that really vividly. It, it was an awful plan, too. They just loaded us onto buses and they put my like... Oh, she was so young at the time. She was in elementary school, but she was she wasn't like fourth grade yet. She was probably like second or third. They put my little sister on like a separate bus for me and my brother, and I cried. Oh, yeah, I remember I was with um, I was with Emmanuel. We were, I mean, we still best friends, but we were like so close at the time. We were in mm-hmm. our our um, we were in our we were in a science class, and we were evacuating. And I don't have siblings, and it was so mm-hmm. like cinematic. We're like watching him search for his siblings which yeah, I, maybe I'm yeah. romanticizing that but <laughs> no, same. I think so too I went out with my friend Gabby and she was looking for her little cousin and I, well she had two little cousins that also went to Perry and she had a twin that went to Perry wait I think at least one of her little cousins goes to to Perry mm-hmm. or did at the time at least because I know the older one did in high school but I'm not sure if he always went there anyway 
I remember we were all like, I was looking for my brother and she was looking for her cousin. And I com- she found her cousin first, but I remember her like crying because it was so like, Aww. we were so like, like upset and like, I, <laughs> this sounds so bad, but I was just kind of vibing. <laughs> you I would. Like, That's I was so like characteristic. Sick. You like, like I, zoning out in moments of crisis. I thought someone was, you know, broken to my house last night. I went to bed. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I was really scared. I fell asleep with scissors, but I, I just went to bed. Amazing. Anyways, I cut you off. <laughs> yeah. <So. laughs> but Perry's not very interesting. I was always very sheltered. Like, we're like, I want to say 98% white. Like, we're a very, like, mm-hmm. conservative small town. Which I, side note, I'm really excited. I see a lot of Biden signs around here. And oh, that's like very, it's period. very encouraging. Yeah, like being from a conservative small town, very like encouraging. And I know Ohio's a swing state, but like particularly Perry is mostly conservative. Mm. So it's kind of nice to see. Um, I grew up, I, I'm just trying to give everyone like a, a little taste of what Perry schools were like. <laughs> I remember one time our principal wouldn't address the race. Is this defamation? Probably. Uh, our principal wouldn't address the <laughs> racism in the school. And it started, we were like, like, I think we had like two or three black girls that were like tweeting. You're not doing anything about this freshman that just called me the N-word in the hallway. And mm-hmm. like, I remember he tweeted back like, we'll come to my office and we'll talk about it. <laughs> like, just <laughs> the worst at handling things that has and, some trump vibes though. Yeah. <laughs> tweeting back <laughs> yeah. and i remember like just the energy of the freshmen was really bigoted too like i remember they would use like uh heard these these freshmen using like the d slur in the hallway and i had my headphones in and by the time i was a senior i just kind of lost my mind i like ripped one out i was like what'd you say <laughs> like <laughs> And they, like, they weren't even scared of being, like, bigoted. Like, they, they were like, ah, mm. it's funny. And I was like, oh, that's not I cute. Go. Like, they weren't even, if an upperclassman ever did that to me, like, as a freshman, I would have cried. Like, they were so mm. bold and for no reason. And then one time, I remember, I, like, really got into, like, um, like gun control advocacy around my junior year. Mm-hmm. And they were having, me too. Yeah, because that, that was around the time of. Um, the Parkland shootings. Yeah. Well, shooting, National shooting. Walkout. Yeah. And um, I don't know. I got really into it. And we were hosting for D14, which is their district, like a town hall. It was when they were trying to get every district in like the whole of the United States to do a, I think they called it town hall for our lives. Mm-hmm. So I, maybe. I said that very Ohio-y. I was like, town hall. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you did. <laughs> um, but I remember, like, I was handing out flyers. Uh, no one came. Um, I was handing out. F- oh, and my my AP Gov teacher did love him. Shout out, Mr. Goodman. But I was handing out flyers in the library, and this one guy was like, "No, and he wouldn't take one." So I was like, "All right," and moved on. And then he just sat there and yelled at me. And, like, he was like, "What's even your platform? Like, what's?" He-? I was like. Well, I know we can never, like, fully agree, even though it should be a bipartisan issue. But, like, maybe maybe we can come to some kind of, like, agreement. He's like, you're trying to take my guns away. And I said something along the lines of, well, are you mentally, like, stable? <laughs> <laughs> he, was, he, he didn't really have a, a counterpoint for that one. But then we got to the point in which I said we should take any kind of weaponry away from people in groups. And we disagreed on this one. And he said... Why? Why? I don't get it. Why? I was like, he goes, that's against their rights. And I'm like, well, they're against other human beings, rights. So I'm not really that pressed about it. And he said something along the lines of, why would you take guns away from the KKK? Oh, no, sweetie. And um, thank you so much for this little insight. (laughs) (laughs) I went home and cried. So (laughs) I didn't know what else to do. I was like, if I cannot convince someone that an actual hate group, which isn't even illegal, by the way, should not yeah. have guns. I, what They're right there? <laughs> what rights do they have as a hate group? Like, that doesn't make any Sensitive. sense. You, as you decide that you have power to take away someone else's rights, to vote against someone's rights, to actively, like, lynch people. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, like, you don't get a say in what rights I give you now. 
It's not you don't get, like you also don't get a weapon to help you right to what? spread your hate. What the f- I, yeah. from, right? And from my perspective, if say we did that, well, we do do this. We do sell weaponry to both sides of like a, a conflict for profit. But I like to frame it like this: if we were to give a country that like America like viscerally hates weapons, and then they were violent towards us, we would like we place the blame on ourselves. Because we gave them the weapons. Mm-hmm. Therefore, if we're we're essentially funding the KKK, like it's not. <laughs> I I don't know. Yeah. It's so hard to understand about this. Like, don't give weaponry to hate groups. What is wrong with you? And if you want to have a gun so bad, don't don't be in a don't be in a <laughs> hate group. Right? It's so easy. <laughs> like, if you really want a gun, you don't need to be in a hate group, my guy. <laughs> Like, the fact that he's so, like, (laughs) what about their rights? (laughs) What imagines, what amazes me is that people will be so pro-gun that rather they would be into giving hate groups weapons before (laughs) they would take them away from just, like, normal people. You know what I mean? I feel like if that's the hill you want to die on, like, I don't know. You might as well get a hood, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) I... I'll see him there one day. He's going to be on the opposite side of a protest. I know it. Like, I, I will see him. It. We will make eye contact. I, I remember his, like, face because he was so angry at me. And we talked for, like, I, I tried so hard to convince him otherwise. And I think there are just some people that want to be so, like, viscerally pro-gun just so they can be. Mm-hmm. Again, I said that very, like, Ohio-y. I was like, can. But... Can. <laughs> can. <laughs> but... <laughs> I've been noticing that. Hand pointed out that I say A's really forward. Like, my vowels. You do. Forward. Yeah. Yeah. Because I... Like, hey. I don't know. I yeah, can't... I say things very forward. But yeah. it's very Ohio of me. Yeah, that's a little a little taste into what Perry was like. It was... I mean, there were some great people there, but small pool to choose from. Kind of mm-hmm. just made friends because you had to. Otherwise, you'd be really lonely. So yeah. how, was, how was Dublin for you? Um, I was really sheltered growing up. Uh, my, I think my, my friends and I, or, you know, not my, you know, like people I know, um, were roughly like lower to upper middle class. And, Mm -hmm. but there's like, it does lean to upper middle class. Mm -hmm. Uh, Um, so very, very, we're not like, nobody's really struggling financially. There are, but those are like, it'll, the lowest I think is probably lower middle class. I don't think there's Mm -hmm. lower, like, but anyways, um, very mm-hmm. so overall really privileged and really Dublin really prides itself on being diverse. Grow I grew up with like a really <laughs> large Asian and white community. So I did mm-hmm. have the I did I was lucky enough to like grow up with with you know classmates who looked like me. But it was mm-hmm. it's so we so we have that thing like the whole like oh we're so diverse and then and then like the idea of the the, the progressive bubble that we live in because we're a blue mm-hmm. state and we're in California and there's there's mm-hmm. Asian people here we're not racist so <laughs> I love that the presence of like a minority somehow like negates yeah. all racism yeah they're like how could we be racist but also there's a lot of anti-blackness in Asian communities but anyways yeah, also model minority about that. Any- yeah. Anyways, we got a lot of the model minority myth here. Um, mm-hmm. But um, yeah, just like as I grew older, Dublin. So basically, we have a lot of room for these like microaggressions. Um, it's a strangely like militarized like town. We have like a a like a military. I've like like Tuck lives on a like, on a base mm-hmm. like within our our town is really strange um <laughs> i i don't know <laughs> and there's a jail i live like five minutes from a jail uh that's like the county jail to me yeah but we're not i don't think that we are i don't know we're not a particularly policed area they're definitely just like cops looking for shit you know they got really mm-hmm. nothing much to do yeah. <laughs> honestly that's uh, how our like, school cops were <laughs> they did nothing I did get yelled at a couple times but like what were they didn't do anything to me you know I hate that there was always a cop car pulled up right in front of the office of our school and I'm like don't know why you're here but go off how big was your class size I'm just curious oh like it was a really big school uh maybe like I don't know 25 to 30 for the whole grade 
Oh, oh, I thought you meant oh. class. I don't know. I'm kind of out of it. No, the whole, I think my, uh, like, it was like, like the, the lower that you go, the more, there more people there are in a class. I think maybe like mm-hmm. over 800. Jeez. Okay. Ours was, my class I graduated with was, I think, 145. What the? Um, but <laughs> I, I the reason I asked, because you said there was like one cop car outside of your, like, um, school. Yeah, we had four for what, what? reason? And That's they crazy. did nothing. And like, I don't mean that we were like an overly police school because we certainly weren't. Like, mm-hmm. there was, we Me had either. fines for things. Like, we we had like a, I think it was like a two hundred dollar fine if you were caught like vaping in the locker room because that was an issue. There's a fine. Wow. There's a fine, but they wouldn't like arrest you or anything. Interesting. Um, even if you were, like, under the age of 18. Because at the time I graduated, the age was 18. Now it's 21. But mm. I, we weren't necessarily over-policed. They just had nothing else to do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's literally why they were at my school. They just had nothing better to do. But anyways, mm. um, Dublin, I don't know. As I got older, it got a lot more crowded, a lot more expensive. Because um, a lot of families moved here because it's a really – it's a good public school system. And mm-hmm. – um, yeah, we like a lot of houses are built here to accommodate for that. So now it's really overcrowded to bring in more money. And uh, like, for example, my house, like when my parents bought it, um, was not worth as much as it is now. Right now, they could not afford it. Like if it was, they were going to mm-hmm. buy it new, like, but yeah. So like basically like a lot of people moved here before it like became expensive. Mm-hmm. And now it just is. And now I just, I don't know. So that means I, I was... I had a lot of, I don't know, my school was good. It was really, because it was really competitive. It was like, you're all APs or you're stupid or 4.0, you're not getting into college. And like, and I don't know, you have to get into an, an impressive school and like mm-hmm. community college is like looked down upon, you know? So, right. yeah. But I don't know, that meant I, ha- but because like the school was so competitive, it meant like, I don't know, we had a lot of resources, like, I guess. I mean, I don't know. We had a really <laughs> nice, really nice theater. Um, it was like a lot of art stuff, so really good theater yeah but yeah Uh, we were like every other small town where it was funding went to football (laughs) oh yeah we didn't have that too but we just happened I don't know just had a really good it was like a city owned like the theater was owned by the city but it was like on our high school yeah but yeah it was a really Uh, nice theater ours was ours was in our school and it was like weird because I remembered I had like dance recitals there when I was younger Mm-hmm. But it also it was a nice theater, but like our music program just wasn't really funded that well. Mm, yeah, I was lucky. I it was like a good. I think I I don't know. I think it was a good education. I guess, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, I think I got a good education at Perry too. We had tons of resources, but that was because the power plant. Because <laughs> <laughs> you the power plant, baby. But yeah, it became such a good area because of that. Like such a like. Yeah. I guess I shouldn't say good, like more of an affluent, well, not even necessarily affluent, but like just a, we had better resources, like than our rival town, Madison, which was like, like I live half the time. Usually I live in Madison, or at least I did mm-hmm. in high school because that's where my mom lives. And then half the time I'd live in Perry. Most of my time I spend in Perry now, but uh, it, it was just really interesting to see the difference but it was also like a funding difference as well like you could Mm -hmm. see madison there was a running joke that like the kids in middle school did coke because (laughs) there was such like like an under not even necessarily underfunded but just less funded than us school Mm. and then which led to like a lot of drug issues on their part but oh shit yeah yeah Yeah, so basically we came from pretty very privileged backgrounds um yeah really just like I don't know I mean like obviously there were some politics but uh (laughs) going going to New York okay well first of all when I lived in Dublin like before I left uh I I just like hated it I wanted to leave so bad and I was like I need to like get on my own and I'm so independent right and like then I go to New York and I dude I was just so lonely got Same. so lonely had no friends and I we were like in a weird position to make friends because we didn't live on a campus with other freshmen who wanted <laughs> to make friends we were just like in a separate housing building with like people who were four years older than us and then right. were ready to graduate so it was like a lot I don't know it was different different experience yeah I'm definitely 
the freshman I did live with because um, SFC had like quite a f- we I lived with freshmen. I know mm-hmm. you didn't, but like, you oh, know, yeah, like, yeah. Uh, but it was still very like it was a commuter school that I went to. Like it wasn't a ton of freshmen, and the ones that were there like already kind of lived near New York or like they like they were from Pennsylvania but like closer to New York, like mm-hmm. more on the Philadelphia side of things, mm-hmm. okay. or um you know, they, they had experience with New York or they were on like sports teams and were on athletic scholarships. They already knew people there. None of them were really like itching to make new friends. They had friends there. They knew people in New York. They like, I remember my one roommate, Kay, like her boyfriend, uh, they were sort of long distance. I think it was like a two hour train ride or something Mm -hmm. lived in New York. So she was already super comfortable and like, Thank God she, like, pitied me enough to be friends with me. Because <laughs> I would have never figured out anything on my own. But everyone, I don't know, I felt like everyone already knew the city, and I was just very, like, inexperienced and lonely. And Yeah, and, like, the difference was, like, they, I don't know, they kind of, like, lost, to us, New York is magical. They kind of lost that because they're used to it. And, mm-hmm. like, my school was, like, people who, I mean, of course, they don't they don't see it the same way as I do because they grew up there. I would right. also feel weird about somebody being like, oh my god, Dublin. I'd be like, what? <laughs> but, um, yeah, so, like, you kind of just, like, there was, like, a difference. Uh, I feel like we wanted this, not that it's a bad thing, but we really wanted this, like, magical, like, first time in the city experience and, like, oh mm-hmm. my god, we love New York. Um, right. So that's, like, what we wanted and, like, just, like, the people that we went to school with didn't have that and that's fine, mm-hmm. but that it just, like, made it harder to, like, have this like coming of age experience that I think we both wanted going in yeah I I have to I I feel like we got so lucky though and like for New York's still magical to me and it's always going to be that way I feel like even though I've seen some like weird things that I'm like okay (laughs) maybe it's not super magical but like still walking through Manhattan at night is always going to be something that's like I mean, yes, I'm clutching my pepper spray, but it's like, <laughs> me too. Oh my God. Yeah. It's still so like magical. And I don't think I'll ever really lose that just because I didn't grow up there. Like me too. And it, it, this was like what you were talking about. I think uh, our third podcast, we're coming back to, you know, Dublin or Perry now seems so like, it seems so much prettier. Oh yeah. And, and like, I don't know. I think it kind of helped us like romanticize our lives and you know, I feel really cool that I moved to New York when I was 17, even though oh, I was turning yeah, 18. Me too. But yeah. it, it's, it feels cool. And like, yeah, I wasn't fully independent, obviously. I'm still not. But, you know, I'm, I'm 18 still. Like, <laughs> I, maybe I can cut myself some slack. But I don't know. It felt, it felt really cool. But I also, I mean, we also recognize that we're from, like, places of privilege to be able to, to do that, at least financially. Oh yeah. Like not everyone can just pick up and move to New York. That's why I don't really like about like rags to riches stories. And while it's possible, you have to like catch catch a really lucky streak. For Most sure. people live like are born and die within their class. Like they don't if yeah. anything, they, they they go down a couple levels. <laughs> <laughs> it, so when people are like I love listening to stories where it's like this like struggling actor who came to New York and like were living like in like shitty conditions and whatever and then they like got their dream role like that's so like inspiring and whatever but it's not realistic at all yeah it doesn't happen to a lot of people um Mm -hmm. yeah I felt I I definitely experienced I I noticed a lot more of the class difference when I moved over just because Mm -hmm. where I grew up I feel like we're we're more prone to feeling bad for ourselves but we forget that we're extremely privileged it's only just because like then I I'm like well, we're not rich and like, no, we're not rich, but we're incredibly mm-hmm. privileged. I I, went right. to, I had a really great, I had access to like a lot of resources. I had a really great education and I forgot that because I don't know, I guess, I don't know. I just wanted to feel bad for myself or something, <laughs> but, but, um, I, yeah, but then, so now I go, I go to a community college in New York and, um, it became clear to me how much I was romanticizing and it's good. It's good. I think you should, I don't know. You should go through life thinking you're a main character. <laughs> I think that's fine. <laughs> and like, but I did, I felt bad. <laughs> I felt bad about my position because I was paying out of state tuition to go to a community college just right. because I wanted to be in New York. And 
a lot of the people that I was going to school with, like, they're there on scholarships or, like, that's their only option, Mm -hmm. you know? Like, that's just, like, where financially they can afford, et cetera. And so I felt weird coming in with this, like, I'm going to, like, live it up in New York. I'm going to do all this. And, like, (laughs) and I think that's kind of the – that's a lot of the mindset of other people from my town who went to those kinds of cities, like – or, you know, that's kind of, I mean, to, that's the mindset of, like, NYU kids who show up there. Yeah. Not oh just NYU, but, you know, like, like no, those kinds of schools. No, I know exactly what you mean. Where they're like, oh, my why... God, we're living it up in New York. Right. And that's why I'm, like, I'm very nervous for NYU because the, like, thing I really liked about, like, SFC is a lot of people were down to earth. Like, they, this was, like, a, a commuter school. I, if I didn't dorm there, would have been $6,000 a year. would have been very doable. Mm. Um, I probably wouldn't have even had to take out loans yeah, if I wow, like, moved out into an apartment. And I chose NYU. Like, I know the decision I made. I know it's not, like, financially <laughs> acceptable. Um, <laughs> and, like, I always put myself in, like, a position where I'm like, oh, my God, like, they're so far ahead of me. They have all these, like, opportunities and, like, connections. And some of them don't have to worry about loans and being in debt for the rest of their life. And yeah, You know, they don't have to think about it in the mind, the, like the frame I do where I'm like, you know, in two years I can be out if I take max credits every single semester in intercession. Exactly. Yeah. But at the same time, a lot of people, very talented people, I was seeing people having to turn down like uh, the Tisch school. like NYU Tisch. Yeah. yeah, NYU Tisch. And like, I don't know, it's just kind of heartbreaking to see people who could have really like good access to resources who are super talented and mm-hmm. won't because they didn't get the financial aid they needed and that's not to say like like to shit on the school I got into like I'm very you know excited to be there I'm very like grateful I'm super mm-hmm. grateful to like my professors who helped me and the like people who gave me advice but it feels I feel like wrong about it almost you know mm-hmm. what I mean interesting which yeah. I feel like is a lot of just, like, you know when people talk about, like, white guilt and they're like, oh, my God. <laughs> but but yeah. I'm, like, I'm nervous that it's that. But at mm. the same time, it's, like, well, I don't I even think, know how to explain I it. I think there's a there's a level of, like, I think it could feel like you're kind of copping out a little bit. And mm-hmm. I, don't think there, I don't think there's any shame about that because that was your dream school. That's totally cool. I do think that it's, like, I mean, you're – it's good to acknowledge that people – go there and want that's their dream school because you're paying for a name you know Mm -hmm. and there's a level there's a level of copping out when you want to go to I want to go to a school like that you know what I mean I want to have a Mm -hmm. big I want to have a big name attached to mine so that like Mm -hmm. I don't know so I can feel good about myself so I don't I mean yeah I always wonder if that's why I did it you know what I mean because Mm -hmm. it's like one of those things where you know when people are like when you criticize capitalism and they're like, but you have an iPhone. I'm like, oh, haha. I like, also live in the society that I'm criticizing. Like, that's not. Yeah. Like, yes, you got me. I also live in society and simultaneously <laughs> criticize it. And I yeah. think that's something you can do. Like, you can be part of something and still criticize it. But that doesn't mean you're removed from the privilege it gives you and the resources it gives no, you. Yeah. It's like, Okay, so this is my best example. I have, like, family members who consider themselves anti-racist, but then get upset when people talk about, like, you still have white privilege regardless. Mm. Oh, yes. no, no. You oh, can't, no, no. like, as much as I criticize, like, racism or am anti-racist, that doesn't mean I'm removed from that. Like, and I feel that's kind of a shitty example to use, like, something large-scale to something like NYU. I think I think it's fine. I think it's just there are people who won't acknowledge that and don't want to admit that they just they just like the big name. And then also I think there's all that's also why people like me, that's why I feel salty sometimes because sometimes people that, that, go, that, that go to those schools have this attitude like they're better, you know? Right. But, like, are you that good if you go to NYU Tisch? Because Cameron Dallas is on <laughs> mean, is a mean girl. So. Honestly, school means – my dad was talking to me about this. Or was it – it was someone. I think it was my dad. Where, at the end of the day, your connections mean more than anything. But that doesn't mean that the – he didn't say this part. But he was talking about, like, how networking means more than anything. Mm-hmm. But at the same time so does the school you go to like it can offer you a lot of resources and opportunities that 
other sure. people don't get. So I'm like in a weird place where I'm like, I'm participating in something like I heavily critique, you know? Yeah. And I think that's okay. I think that's perfectly fine. I don't think there's anything bad about that. I think it's just good to acknowledge, you know? Right. Because then, then you're not just like, I don't know, cruising along and like, <laughs> thinking that it's cool. But right. I don't know, it's just a good thing to be aware of. Right. It, I feel like sometimes I walk the line, though, between, like, being introspective and also just being ignorant. So, like, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like I don't know exactly where I fall on that. But I, I don't know. I think it's I think it's good to just you know, realize that most of the things you do also have shitty repercussions for other people, especially mm-hmm. if you come from, like, a place of privilege. So, I don't know. For sure. I don't know where I stand on my college decision. And I know, like, when I was thinking about it, like, going back to, I, do they have five-year reunions for, like, high school reunions? I don't know. I don't think so. No? Okay. <laughs> well, I was thinking, like, in 10 years, like, all, you know, all the people that were, like, shitty to me or, like, you know, just, like, awful bigots like I could throw it in their face and I'm like but then you're doing the thing that you hate which is when people mm. throw like big names in their face yeah I'm like I, I don't know I feel weird about like the whole NYU thing sometimes like I don't know you like feel like you don't deserve to get in or like no. people there are so I, I kid you not they're so smart and so connected and I'm like I know I'm bottom like 25% in that just from my SAT score like it Screw the did. SATs. Screw them. I'm proud of you for getting in. I was so happy for you. I'm, I'm really excited. You, but... <laughs> I do. No. I, I like think about this a lot. Like, what made them decide to let me in? You know what I mean? Because you're impressive and you're intelligent, and I don't know. You deserve to have your. You deserve to be there. You really want to. So, I'm happy for you. I do think <laughs> it's good to acknowledge, though, that I, I. I am also just prone to sh- like shitting on those people because <laughs> I, 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 I carry some sort of shame from how I grew up about community college because mm-hmm. of how it was like, I was always, always, always pushed on me. Like if I'm not, cause like I didn't take a ton of APs and it made like, they literally were like clowning you and making you feel like you're stupid, even though that's normal. Really? You don't have to. Yeah. And then I was like, they were kind of like that at Perry, but not, not super like that. Cause I still yeah. took honors and I took a couple AP. Yeah, it was just, like, really, it made you feel, like, mad stupid, so, mm-hmm. and, like, and, like, you wanted to have some impressive name to tell everybody, because then everyone would care, like, oh, where are you going, where are you going, and then, I don't know, I just didn't have anything, I don't know, I, I've, I still carry that to this day, I have to check myself mm-hmm. sometimes about carrying that, like, oh, I've, like, I'm not doing anything important, I'm only going to community college, but, like, you know, if it was anyone but me, I would never say those t- things to them. So I need to right. stop like carrying that energy towards my own experience. You know, yeah, I think yeah. I, I don't think it's there's anything wrong with like being like salty about that because that's how you that's how you were raised like to think that wasn't good enough. And it is. But like, mm-hmm. you know, as long as you like, again, we, we have to check ourselves and be like, why am I saying this? And like, does it, you know, negatively affect other people? But honestly, like when I went to I was really salty about having to go to SFC. Like, I didn't want to go, but I knew I wanted New York, and I knew it would be easier to transfer credits in state if I ended up at NYU. But honestly, like, it's the – financially, it would be the smarter option. Mm -hmm. I know I'm getting more resources at NYU, but, like, I I just couldn't do it at SFC. But again, like, I have to be in a place where – where I can really say that and like I have the ability to take out loans not everyone has that not everyone has a parent that's mm-hmm. willing to co-sign like thank god for my dad being willing to co-sign and like you know making enough that we could take out that much in the next two years third year is iffy but like <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know. for sure yeah so yeah that was like I don't know I guess like seeing that difference and like acknowledging that I have an enormous amount of privilege when I came to New York was like big culture shock was not aware because <laughs> just because like you just live in we really like Dublin really is like a little bubble and you just forget so that it's scary yeah and yeah it's just like one of those things and oh yeah I just got really lonely and then I have this thing where like I would complain about being lonely Mm-hmm. in New York but then when somebody brought it up I'd be like no but I love New York <laughs> I I so still mad I still haven't fully unpacked that because we're both like that where we get so defensive of New York anytime we criticize it or mm-hmm. like we'll criticize it and someone else will we're like but no like <laughs> <laughs> yeah and yeah, I that. I do that when I'm like I tell people I won't live in New York my whole life because obviously it's crazy expensive and like mm-hmm. 
I don't think I could live there. My, but I don't think I could live in any one place my whole life. I don't think I'd be happy. Mm. But I, I was talking about it where I'm like, yeah, I won't, I won't live in New York my whole life. I'll live there for college, obviously. And then people will be like, oh, so you don't like it? No, I, I like, or like, like, oh, no, yeah, it's not all that. It, it's not all that, is it? And I'm like, yes, it uh, is. It is all that. <laughs> like, I, I feel the same way. Yeah, I'm really defensive of it. It reminds me of that uh, that scene from Lady Bird where she gets mad at Danny for saying that Lady Bird's mom is crazy. And then she's like, she's like, no, but she's like, she's just warm. She has a big heart. <laughs> but she like shits on her mom all the time. It's the same. Energy. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think we can criticize things we love. But when someone else does, it feels like an attack. Yeah. And then like, but then the <laughs> and they really is, don't mean it that way. Like, they really don't. Yeah. Because like Tuck has definitely said before, like, oh, you had a hard year. Like, you know, you were pretty mm-hmm. lonely. Like during like mm-hmm. this past semester, I, mean, I felt a lot, a yeah. lot of loneliness. Spring semester, I was yeah yeah and and he'll acknowledge it because I've told him like he's not like being out he's not out of line and then I get like Mm -hmm. I get like defensive and I guess the question is why are we defensive I think just because we feel some need to perform and like be successful right I don't think I'll ever like be able to shake wanting to be more successful than my peers like I don't understand that because I also like logically it's not a competition but (laughs) part of me like really just wants to beat out all the people who like sat there and ignored years of like bigotry and like just awfulness Mm. that went on in the school and I just want to beat them (laughs) and I know (laughs) it's subjective I could never I could never objectively beat anyone and still like adhere to my own personal morals and yet I want it so badly I just (laughs) I want to rub it in their faces (laughs) I think that's human I think it's really natural of us to be feeling that um it also I think that for me got worse because of like the whole like like New York has such a vibe of like rise and grind like hustle (laughs) like like side side hustle like like it's it's like so so intense you have to be doing a million things at once and be so successful at every single thing that you're doing or else you're like a failure (laughs) like it feels like that right and like I was definitely both of us were definitely successful academically by the way Han got a 4.0 last semester go period you seem did that but Oh, really Whoa. proud of you. Um, I almost Thanks. did and then uh, messed up on one of my finals, but that's okay because online school that's okay. is not for me. <laughs> that's okay. We did a great job. We did a great job. We, last yeah, semester. we still did good. I'm still proud of myself. And like, I need, in my head, I tell people all the time that getting a 4.0 doesn't matter. And then when I didn't get one, I was like, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and like, well, it doesn't matter. You're still yeah. good. But like, I'm still so proud of you. You worked so hard for that. And like, thank you. But yeah, for, dude, for me in my town, if I were to brag about getting a, a 4.0, no one would care because it's like, really? that should be the norm. <laughs> it should be like, That's... well, aren't you already getting? <laughs> but like in high school, I almost failed. I almost, I almost <laughs> failed at high school. It was not good. <laughs> What's wild to me is there were t- I literally just didn't do any of the work that my teachers wanted me to do. Not one ounce of it. And I graduated mm-hmm. honors. NHS and magna cum laude oh my god (laughs) because I was so good at bullshitting oh my god no I just like didn't I just like wasn't that was not that good just like wasn't impressive at making things up really good at it I think (laughs) I said bad the first time but okay okay (laughs) I was really good at uh making things up (laughs) yeah I don't know there's like the for so there's like the one side of New York hustle culture where you're like burnt out every weekend like on the weekends Mm -hmm. I like didn't want to do anything because I was so tired right from grinding all week (laughs) but like (laughs) but then there's also I don't know if I just there's also like the positive where like I felt so I felt mad productive like you know when like you walk through New York when you have like somewhere to go Mm -hmm. like you just feel so cool you're like I have to go somewhere and you're like walking fast right I love that but also the worst part of like you know like having lazy time in New York or having like like a like a depression pit is that one you're walking around like in nasty clothes while everyone else is very (laughs) very like well-dressed and then also you feel so awful about yourself because you weren't you weren't productive enough and I didn't have a side hustle that's what really like got me yeah me neither I was was like like, shit I'm not working five jobs 
I yeah. meant to. And then I was so overwhelmed between, like, first semester, I felt so full. Like, my academic schedule and, like, the intensity of Mariel's planning. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, we did so much first semester, and I'm so grateful for it. But, like, I, I felt so guilty about not developing a side hustle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's, like, crazy how, like, so I was trying to explain to my mom the other day that, so I, w- I, w- I went out to get Starbucks in the morning, and I walked out in, like, my pajamas, and I got mm-hmm. in my car, and I went through the drive-thru, and I was, like, I could, n- you would never do that in New York. I was wearing, right. like, little, I was wearing, like, a big, sh- a big t-shirt and, like, little shorts, mm-hmm. but yeah, I, you would literally feel naked if you walked out like that in New York. Right. I did that once and wanted to die. Yeah, <laughs> and, it, and my mom was saying, how, like, well, that's just, like, a city thing, because you go on, like, public transportation, you're just, like, in public, that's why you feel like that. I was, like, no, mm-hmm. but you don't get it. Like, if you don't look, like, dressed up, you look, like... I don't know. I feel like I look like a loser <laughs> or right. like I'm not like doing enough or something. Right. And I was like, while I did do a lot for a semester and had a lot of fun with you guys, I also would like get severely depressed <laughs> at different points. <laughs> and like that, I would just like around like, you know, our friend group specifically, it was like no makeup, like sweatpants, like big mm-hmm. shirt. And then we'd go like grocery shopping or something. I'm like, I feel like the worst person in yeah. here <laughs> because like everyone's crazy. wearing something nice still you have to be wearing like at least jeans or else you're underdressed yeah. right. <laughs> it's like so weird and I yeah. also like I also didn't understand club etiquette when I first went to New York like me and uh my roommate for my 18th birthday we went to this club that I guess lets minors in because I was still technically crazy. 17 because it was the day before my 18th I was still technically 17 they let me in they didn't even check my ID. They like flashed the oh. light at it and pretended. <laughs> so I was like, this feels Because they just want you to buy drinks. Right, right. And like they were underfunded clubs will let anyone in. I've learned that. But I showed up in a dress, like, and so did my roommate. And everyone else was wearing like like tight jeans and a crop top. And I was like, there were a bunch of oh, sorority what? girls doing that. And I was like, I, so weird. I came over prepared. But then there was one time we went to that, we ended up getting kicked out of it. This rooftop like party. Um, and then they ID'd us and we got kicked out, but oh. we, it was like a Halloween thing and we came in costume. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's nobody in costume. Everyone, well, they were like, like they put like a headband on or something and it was all like 25 year olds. Like, uh, because you, it can get really dicey. You never really, there's this one like sort of website we would use called like, I, I don't want to say it, but, um, <laughs> yeah and like you never really knew what you were gonna get and some of them said 18 plus but then they like card you at the door and then some of them you know would say 21 and they'd let you in anyway it was it was really dicey Mm -hmm. but I remember that like which I just never knew how to dress and New York is so specific and if you're not like in the know you don't it's obvious it's yeah it's so so obvious obvious. (laughs) we stuck out like sore thumbs like it was awful Uh, but one story I wanted to tell, like, that was, like, my biggest culture shock, just because we're, like, nearing the end, was, mm-hmm. this one's really sad, so, like, I don't know, prepare yourself, okay. but... Buckle up, yeah. Um, and it also, like, I feel like, I don't really know necessarily what to call this, but I feel like I need to include a trigger warning, because it was kind of, like, there's blood involved, it, we weren't really mm-hmm. sure what it was from, but there was blood involved, and, like, I don't know, maybe if you're a little, like, squeamish, don't listen to this. But this was before I even turned 18, because it was mm-hmm. it was right before, I remember. And Mariel literally just told me last week where we were, and I still can't remember where we were coming back from. <laughs> um, but <laughs> there was, like, we were back on the train, and it was, like, one of the last stops. I think there were two stops after the one we were supposed to get off at. And there was this – we got on, and there was, like, luggage scattered um, – you know, like stuff, I think a necklace, maybe. I can't remember exactly what was on the ground. And it, you know, it was kind of weird. And like, we were like, okay, you know, it's New York. It's, it's a little like <laughs> off putting sometimes. But yeah, we were with a group. I remember you weren't there, but it was Hannah Mariel. Uh, what did we call it? Her Melanie? I think Melanie. Melanie. Yeah, yeah, yeah Melanie. Melanie. Uh, Melanie. Good old Melanie. Um, <laughs> and I think, I think there was another guy or maybe two i can't remember exactly who was with oh uh mariel's friend came as PJ. well pj 
and I didn't know if I was allowed to say his name, but like honestly, he's never seen us. Hi. <laughs> but like, yeah. I remember we got on, and there was this this woman in the corner, uh, her luggage scattered, and like, not that a homeless person has to look one way, but to me, mm-hmm. she didn't. Like, mm-hmm. and her luggage had I recognized the sticker, uh, the stickers on them, because I had seen them on Redbubble. And, mm-hmm. like, I was, like, I don't know. I, I think if I were homeless, like, I wouldn't waste. And they looked relatively new. Like, I wouldn't yeah. really waste money on, like, red bubble stickers. So, yeah. Um, we saw her in the corner. And there were, like, two grown-ass men on that train doing absolutely nothing. Which bothered me. Like, that's the part that's of New York not... culture that bothers me. And people love mm-hmm. to tell me, like, oh, you'll get desensitized one day. And I'm, like. I sure hope I hope not. I never do. I hope I never yeah. get desensitized to stuff like that. It's it's really horrible. There's a yeah. lot of just like you ignore it right. and you just keep your head down. Right. And there's some things I agree with on that like if someone's really bothering you <laughs> just keep your head down like there's like the the man playing a drum on the train and it's like in your face then you don't have to look yeah, at just, him but <laughs> just keep your head down. But like <laughs> what really bothered me was this woman was clearly there was blood on the seat and we were like oh my god mm-hmm. did she get mugged? Like, no clue what had happened. And, like, you know, we, we – I didn't go up to her. I I don't think anyone, but I know PJ did because he – was he – he worked in the emergency room, right? Am I crazy? Yeah. Did I make that up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. No, 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 you're right. Uh, I remember him saying something about a hospital, though. And mm-hmm. he, like, went up. He, he knew what to do and everything. But she – this is what freaks me out to this day. So there, there's like a, a last stop call, and afterwards, I think the train goes to Chelsea, if I'm not wrong, somewhere okay. in Chelsea. Um, I I don't know if I made that up, but that's <laughs> that's like what I remember. <laughs> and if you'll get off, that's where you're going. And we stayed past our stop, but then like everyone got out, and I didn't know everyone got out because like you know PJ had been checking her. I think Hannah went up and like like slid her luggage towards her. He's trying to see if she was responsive. And I, like, I was too busy just, like, staring at her because I was, like, obviously very shocked. And yeah, I look back and the doors are closing and everyone's gotten off but me. Oh, no. <laughs> and my phone's at 2%. And that was when my phone would die every time I opened maps. So, like, I pound mm-hmm. on the doors real quick and they open. But right before, like, she looked up and her, like, eyes rolled to the back of her head. And that freaked Whoa. me out. And I got off and, like, I was so just incredibly anxious because... I like I'd never seen something like that and I was like what's gonna happen to her like if the police come she's like obviously a woman of color alone at night and like statistically she's more susceptible to like something bad happening to her mm-hmm. and I like I don't know my heart just kind of broke and I like I didn't know what to do um we obviously we ended up pressing the emergency button on well not the emergency button we pressed there's the yeah, emergency like the button and like the the other one and we didn't press the emergency one because like we didn't know what it would do and like obviously like we weren't we didn't really think to call the cops because i don't know that could potentially put her in a more dangerous situation um mm-hmm. because i don't know if we really like explored the whole like cop training thing at that point but it, i mean they're not necessarily trained to deal with situations like that um yeah but i just i remember like I wasn't really listening to anything anyone was saying because I was so freaked out. And then Mariel looked at me and she was like, are you okay? And I just started crying. Aww. And like, I, that's when I realized I really liked Mariel and Hannah and PJ because they were just like so sweet. And like, you know, they just, they understood, like they understood that I was obviously upset because I, yeah. I didn't really know how to feel about anything. And, and Melanie just goes, <laughs> if you guys weren't here I wouldn't have done anything and I was like first I was like I gave her the benefit of the doubt I was like well maybe out of fear like she was just scared to approach yeah, someone along just nervous yeah. uh but then we we learned more about her down the line and I realized that statement was more like yeah because I didn't care but yeah <laughs> um yeah that that's was just her energy through life for some reason yeah don't and like that her. is why we repeatedly state that we dislike her right hope that hope that clears things up right we're wondering that was really that wasn't the only thing that she said that Mm -hmm. really upset us but that was probably the first time I realized I really didn't like her um Mm -hmm. but I just remember being 
so that was like my biggest culture shock and I called my mom after that like the next morning and just cried my eyes out and like you know we got into the like conspiracy theory kind of thing which isn't like uncommon but I was like what if she was you know what if she was drugged like mm-hmm. we don't know why she was bleeding I'm like what did someone hurt her like and I tried looking up the case later on and like you know you can't really find anything specific things like that happen like when I get search woman found on train a million things came up um and I yeah. couldn't really I don't I still to this day I don't know what happened to her and that like freaked me out but that was probably I think my biggest culture shock was realizing people will ignore you if you need help and while that does happen in Perry not like that it happens like every single day like that that first of all that's that's incredibly traumatic. I hope that she's okay. Me too. Uh, that's really scary to see. Uh, I think we also see that, like, that level of just, like, keep moving, like, every single day, like, on the mm-hmm. train, like, or I don't know, like, I walk by the same homeless man every single time I go to school, mm-hmm. and, or, like, there's a lot of men, not men, you know, there's a lot of homeless people who will ask for money on the trains, and it's mm-hmm. just silent on the train, like, nobody right. looks up, nobody does anything, and, and, you know, like, you always hear that thing, like, oh, they're just going to buy drugs. They're just going to buy alcohol. They're just, they're scamming you. They're blah, 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 right. blah. And it's, like, it's just kind of scary knowing that that's something that I'm sure, I don't know if you grew up in New York. Like, if you were to grow up in New York, you've probably just heard that your whole life. And mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just a little bit of a scary mindset to foster. Right. It's also, like, made me realize, you know, like, I had that mindset about homeless people before that. Because you don't mm-hmm. really see many in Perry. And, like, the interactions I did have with homeless people in Perry. Like, one time someone was sitting out, out outside of Walmart. And we were like, we can get you some food. Like, McDonald's right over there. And they got so pissed at us. And That like, happened to me, too. I was like, <laughs> I've okay, had that exact same thing. Have a nice day. Like, And I was yeah. like, I also understand, like, the anger. While they weren't, like being very nice to us that anger might come from people assuming that you want drugs you know Mm -hmm. and like whether that was true or not I'll never know but I also it's made me more lenient towards like homeless people where I like no I when I'm in college like I do not have money to give I like you know what I mean Mm -hmm. and like sometimes like obviously change but like usually just have your card on you and like the most it feels really shitty to give someone like a quarter (laughs) so I I under I understand that a little but when I come like when we were at the protest in Cleveland like this like homeless man like wandered up to us and like you just kind of give what what you know prices of things are like he asked me for like 15 and I was like uh they're like he wanted Subway and I was like the sandwiches there are like seven dollars so I gave him seven and like we gave him like food and you know shit like that. But, like, I, I think it's the difference between, like, being a shitty person and then just letting yourself be scammed. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. For sure. Know your, know your boundaries. Know what you can give. Know what, you know, maybe general prices of things, you know, if you have the money to spare. Mm-hmm. Some, you know, some people aren't going to spend it on drugs. Probably most won't spend it on drugs. They do need to eat. Yeah. Um, I, also, I also feel, like, a fear just being a girl Oh yeah, being, I'm also terrified. There's a there's a big there's a big thing about being a woman in any city, but in New York, mm-hmm. don't you just can't be too kind because you don't know who is going to notice you or take advantage of you or follow you or do anything sketchy, right? You know, so I live in that fear every single day in New York. <laughs> I'm so Same. scared all the time. It's it's yeah. honestly, I think it's a person by person judgment. Like I I don't know why I've chosen to like give money to certain people and not others. And sometimes mm-hmm. it depends on, like, if I have anything. Usually I'm more trusting to, like, a homeless woman than a homeless man. Um, yeah. But I don't know. Like, regard- I do want them to be safe and healthy and, like, everything. But sometimes it's very scary to give, like, money to someone or attention to someone. Especially a man if you don't know if they're going to follow you or... It's, I don't yeah. know. It's a little different in Cleveland because I feel safer. That's my home. Like, Ohio, mm-hmm. you know. But, and also, like, the crime rates. I don't think are as bad as new york but yeah, probably not yeah yeah like it's a little scarier in new york to like interact with anyone even if they're not homeless but yeah that was just yeah that was like the the big culture shock for me was mm-hmm. was the subway I want, incident 
this is really long this episode is really long I do want to touch on like <laughs> on like the whole like being a girl thing you know how like you keep that like bitch face up all the time yeah. like guard up when you're walking and you're like walk really fast get to where you're going and like I remember like the first time that I like register that as a like somebody growing up in New York always knew that you know mm-hmm. and that's so strange to me. the first time I realized that was I took an acting class my first semester and one of the first things she said was it was something about how like act acting being an actor in a place like New York is different because you learn to always to not show any emotion and to not mm-hmm. you know to not I don't know to like not be vulnerable just because of like for your own safety etc and but it's like it's different because like then you walk into this acting class and you have to unlearn those things and I thought that was so strange because I obviously like I was not I didn't I didn't particularly feel unsafe walking in Dublin like not (laughs) the same way in New York so it was so weird to think that there there are people who have to like take that guard down because for me it was never up that much that I have Same. to like actively remove it so I can act properly and like really show my emotions but yeah, that was always weird to me that was the first time I r- realized something like that yeah it, we're definitely going to New York and just talking to people in my classes I feel like this sounds really mean but I feel like <laughs> because we're like introduced to vulnerability like in smaller towns or like more sheltered towns I guess because yours wasn't small compared to mine but mm-hmm. like still you know, Dublin's not yeah. like San Francisco, you know? For sure, yeah. But um, I don't know. I feel like it's easier to be vulnerable. It's easier to ask for help. And, like, almost – I feel like it kind of helps with, like, emotional intelligence where you, like – I think so, too. Yeah. It, it's hard to do, and I it's hard to unlearn, I imagine, if you live in a big city because you have to you have to protect yourself above anything. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. I don't know. It's so weird. I feel like we made New York sound so, like, unsafe. And, like, it is. <laughs> I don't know. There's no way to, like, sugarcoat that. But right. it's I do un- think it's, it's, it's definitely magical, unsafe dude. sometimes. But <laughs> it's wild to me the things that, like, I've experienced that not necessarily I'm going to say on this podcast. Sorry, Mom, if you're listening. But, like, <laughs> where I've, I've turned out safe. And it's likely, like, just pure luck. Like, absolutely mm-hmm. luck. And having friends that, like care about you enough to watch out for you um for sure so I think that's a big thing like I'm not the best like I'm definitely a hypocrite when I say don't go places alone because before <laughs> beforehand came up um like and it was the beginning of spring semester I think it was about a week a week and a half that you weren't up and I was just yeah. very alone I went to Manhattan like pretty much every night and just walked around sometimes I saw shows like I was just so lonely, and me and my roommate weren't, like, we had very different interests. Like, it, mm-hmm. it just was never going to work. We, like, bonded over some things, but not not really. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but, like, I don't know. I, I think it's best just to have friends that really care about you and your well-being. Like, when I went to, like, for my 18th birthday, like, Melanie did not give a shit if I lived or died. Like, <laughs> like, and so now I, knowing that, I would never go to, like, a club or anywhere with her, really. Yeah. Um, you have to, like, look out for people, especially right. girls, you know? Even if it's not, what, what's wild to me is, like, even if it's not someone I know, like, I look, I look out for them because I know oh, it could yeah. easily be me. And it's weird to me that some people, a lot of New York people don't have that mentality because it's potentially dangerous for them as well. Exactly. But ma- maybe yeah. it's a maybe it's a like smaller town thing. Small town mentality, baby. Small town mentality. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you have any? Do you have any last thoughts on our, our culture shock? Hmm. Not really. I think. I think we kind of summed it up pretty nicely. Like you have a lot of contradict, like bleh, contradictory. Is that the word? Yeah. Contradicting. I don't know. You have a lot of different, let's say, feelings about <laughs> about how to act in New York. And, you know, sometimes you put your walls up and you're a little too bitchy when someone is being, like, vulnerable to you because you're just super scared. And sometimes you're too vulnerable when you shouldn't be. And I don't know. I don't think I'll yeah. ever get it right. But that doesn't mean I don't love New York. I love New York so much. I <laughs> I... It's my favorite, favorite place. There's just, like, a difference in the air, dude. I don't know how to, yeah. like, you know, like, when you drive in from, like, the airport or, like, when you mm-hmm. drive in on, like, in a car, like, you just get yeah. so excited seeing all the lights and stuff. Right. My favorite part of that is, like, I almost, 
always take the Greyhound unless I need to bring stuff up and then one of my parents will drive me or if I Mm -hmm. need to bring stuff back. But the, like, I'll cry always in the beginning. And then, like, by the time I'm there, I'm just, like, the city, I'm enamored with it. I will always love that city. Me too. But I don't Uh, think I'll live there my whole life. (laughs) Me neither. Yeah. I I think, I don't know, there's a time and place. And I think right now it's, like, we're definitely, like, in the space to be, like, we're in the place in our lives to be in New York. And it's, right. I think it's perfect timing. Mm-hmm. <sighs> wow. So, I think that, that wraps things up. So, that does, this was a particularly long one. Oh, yeah. Really long. Uh, we did, <laughs> we had some bumpiness at the beginning. But I think we've we ironed, did. we have ironed her out, I think. <sighs> well, that was a very, like, intense look into our feelings about New York and <laughs> feelings about a lot of things. I hope everyone's like not super overwhelmed by all the information we just gave you. Yeah. Uh, like I feel like very like icky vulnerable right now. <laughs> but, <laughs> but like, I don't know. I, anyone looking to maybe move, this is kind of what we presented you with. Maybe you'll feel the same <laughs> way. Please let us know if you do. Or yeah. maybe we're just like a little off our rockers, but <laughs> Again, I, I still, like, I still feel defensive. I feel, I still feel, like, the need to be, like, well, just because we said it's dangerous doesn't mean you shouldn't come here. Like, it's still right. a great city. I still feel like that. I feel like yeah. the need to. But, yeah, we love New York. Um, greatest city in the world, beach. BB. BB. But, yeah, so let's plug our Instagram at Two Bad Decisions Pod and our resources. Yes. I'm going to add some new, like, uh, what I consider, like, undersigned petitions mm-hmm. for this one, at least. Maybe for the the fourth episode. You guys will see it, though. Um, please consider signing some of them because while some of them, like, they may have met their goals. Their goals were, like, a 1,000. And a 1,000 yeah. signatures doesn't necessarily do anything. So I think it would be really great if we could, you know, get some more. At least the last time I viewed them, they were, like, around a 1,000. Yeah. They might be it's- a lot greater now. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's really it's really important to put the time into that kind of thing. Um, because I don't know, you spent over an hour listening to us if you're up to this point, so you, <laughs> you can might definitely as well just, indulge a little. Yeah, it's good. We have a lot of things you can read, things you know, petitions to sign, which is our easy, you know, easiest action you can take, and also like officials you can contact, which is really mm-hmm. important. So yeah, hopefully you guys take the time to do that. Um, be really and, nice. Yeah. So we would thanks. appreciate it. We would have busy it if you be baby. Now everyone's just like no. the baby talk. That's how <laughs> this is how we talk to each other in real life and it's the worst. We're like coo. <laughs> I gag every time we th- I think about it. I'm like, people have ever heard us talking to each other like that. I know, honestly. Okay. Where do you want to sit? Where do you want to go? Where do you want to eat? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that's that's our experience with New York. That's our resource list. That's our you know our Instagram plug. We hope you've not been completely unsettled. <laughs> um, and hopefully, we will see you next week. Bye. Bye.